You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome everybody to another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is QuickBooks and the PPP. We were talking about how this is the power hour today, and we're very glad to have you joining us. My name is Michelle Long, and I'm a CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success, been a, in a contract trainer for Intuit since 2007, so I'm very glad to have you all joining us today. There are the links for the Facebook group. We're nearing 10,000 members. Would love to have you join us out there to continue the conversation. Dan, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong, co-host here today, uh, owner of Danwith, where we trans uh, transform businesses through technology. So I'm the tech side of the Power Hour here, uh, formerly of Intuit. Uh, well, it's about 18 years there with, uh, with, with Intuit and tech support and, and, and trainer. Uh, and uh, my new project is a chief uh, content creator at uh, schoolbookkeeping.com. And uh, today we're actually going to be joined by some of the uh, heavyweights here in the in the accountant commu community. Um, Hector has not joined us just yet. He is going to be flying in hot <laughs> um, and and joining us here. But of course, he needs no introduction. I mean, I uh, I, I I feel humbled to be uh, surrounded by the, the the people that are here today. Um, but of course, uh, Hector, uh, former co-host of the of the Power Hour. That's right. Great um, to have him back on. Yeah. So this is this is going to be a an awesome uh, reunited <laughs> section here. Um, of course, he has his uh, YouTube channel, and uh, he's also monitoring our Facebook group as well. Uh, Matt, you want to introduce yourself? Would love to. I'm Matthew Fulton with Parkway Business Solutions, and uh, actually the app application VendorSync as well. Um, most of you may know me through some of the webinars we've done for Intuit and ADP, as well as being the co-creator of the Facebook group QB Community Live, where we uh, it's based on the idea that together we all succeed. So thank you for having me on the show today. This, is, this show has been responsible for a, a large part of my career. Thank you. <laughs> We're awesome. glad to have you, Matt. Thanks for joining us. So a little details about the QB Power mm -hmm. Hour, um, obviously, um, or, or hopefully, uh, you, you've gotten the idea that we don't do the CPE credit anymore. <laughs> uh, that was Hector's uh, thing. So, you know, he's not going to do it just for this episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, 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 we're talking about QuickBooks. I mean, we're not Intuit employees, uh, but we do love QuickBooks. So QuickBooks Desktop and QBO uh, tips and tricks. Um, marketing, pricing your practice, um, and other topics. And, and this, this particular topic has been a hot topic uh, dealing with um, the, 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 the PPP loans and the CARES Act and, and the current environment. Um, here we have our, um, our upcoming events, uh, you know, our upcoming webinars for the, for the rest of the year. So you can see that uh, we have the link for, uh, the, for the slides. Today's uh, episode specifically uh, the slides are going to be um, of of great use uh, <laughs> for us. Um, so, um, you know, as we're going to be talking about some of the things that are, um, sorry, Hector's joining us here, so I got to make yeah. him a 
uh, co-host here. <laughs> uh, so, so we can, can see share. Hector. There's see Hector. Hector. Um, so the slides are going to be available uh, for you to be able to download. Um, as we're going to be talking about our agenda today, uh, there's going to be some a lot of information uh, kind of crammed into uh, uh, 60 minutes. Um, there's there's likely not going to be able to be a um, everybody's going to be addressed, but this the focus of today is really just a high level overview of the PPP process. We're going to talk about some maybe some introductory types of top topics about uh, concepts about the PPP, um, but really we're going to be focusing on the um, what you do in QuickBooks to help track uh, the PPP process. Um, so we're going to cover, the, you know, the, the, the slides are, are going to be great, a lot yeah. of detail, um, but we really want to go into, into that. Um, so here right. we are talking about our yeah. agenda. So we'll talk about the, the PPP basics, what it is, um, some of the statistics, uh, but really we want to focus on tracking the PPP in QuickBooks Online as well as desktop. Um, and then the, the loan forgiveness uh, forms that you end up having to, to, to deal with. So with that, um, I'm gonna launch our first poll here. So let's see here. So first one is how many of your clients uh, received a paycheck protection loan? So while you're answering that, I am going to stop sharing so I can hand it over to Matthew. And while you all are doing that, I just want to thank Hector and Matt. You guys have really done a good job of keeping up with all this, going through all the detailed legalese and reading all that stuff and making sense of it to share that with everybody else. So I really appreciate both of you taking the time not only to do the research and do the studying uh, and help us to know what it's all about, but for coming here and sharing it with our audience because Dan and I are not experts in this area by any means. So thank you both for taking the time to to do this for our people who listen and uh, as well as the people who keep coming to you all for more expertise and guidance in this area. Thank you very much. We uh, definitely should give a shout out to our good friend, Jacob, who has been uh, instrumental through the whole process as well. We've, we've had a Jacob, been, uh, Jacob Schreiter. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, you know, we've been able to behind the scenes work together, just kind of collaborate, bounce ideas back and forth off each other. And it's, it's really helped me a lot in, in our company. So, it's been a lot of fun. Um, what what caused you to you know to to kind of fill this this need? Like you know, um, how did how did that kind of present itself to you? Like, uh, okay, I need to fill this uh, fill this need for this community. You know, it's a uh, it's a great question. Thank you for for asking it. It when this all started to come up come about, like everybody else, we were trying to figure out what do we need to do to make you know to learn as much about this, to be able to take care of our own business. And I, we started to realize just how intense and how large this thing was. And I, we couldn't help but think, if this is going to take us a couple hours just to get the first draft of this thing understood, um, we, don't, we didn't see how our clients could do it. So between that and recognizing that there was so much information that was coming out that was somewhat like misinformation, we jumped in and literally read through the whole CARES Act to start off to make sure that we had the right information to share with our clients. Because I, I would rather it be that we spend the time and all of, I mean, we have 20 clients that are on the PPP program that we were able to help them instead of them having to do the same thing themselves. So it, um, it's been very fulfilling to be able to help out. Yeah, I mean, that 
that in itself was like me ha- having the um, <laughs> wanting to read through <laughs> legislation. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a hard pass for me. <laughs> you know, nobody said we were. I'll speak for myself here. Nobody said I was the most intelligent person out there. So, a little bit of OCD, a little bit of crazy to take the time to learn it, of course. But you know what, though, whenever there's big change like this, it presents opportunities for people. Yes. So, it's a great opportunity that you two have taken advantage of to help the rest of us. So, thank you both. Hector's going to actually share a little bit of information about some of the opportunity that comes around the PPP here in just a minute, but you're right. There's a great opportunity for uh, not only to help, but to, you know, use this as an opportunity to, to secure your own firm and your own practice right now also. Um, so what do you say, Hector, are you good? If we jump in, I'll do some of the basics and you can yeah. share some of those stats. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's get started. Perfect. Um, as Dan already spoke about, our intention today is we're going to give you some very high-level basics of the PPP. By now, most people know uh, a decent amount of it, but our, our real intention is to dive into more of how do you track the PPP using the QuickBooks product itself. But for the basics-wise, again, Paycheck Protection Program is created to help small business owners during the COVID pandemic, uh, whether you're a self-employed, sole proprietor, partnership, corporation, so forth you could apply for an SBA loan that was equal to about two, two and a half months worth of total payroll expenses. Now, there, of course, were caveats. And the most important one, which we have the updated version, is at least 60% of the funds had to be used on uh, approved payroll expenses. And you could use up to 40% on your rent or mortgage interest or utilities, um, but you didn't have to. It's, it's up to 40%. Um, now, Hector, you, um, you've been tracking actually the approval amounts and the numbers themselves, right? So, and you found some pretty interesting information from this. Yeah. So what I'd like to mention is the enormity, the enormity of the opportunity. Okay. So if you are an accounting professional, if you're a consultant, a bookkeeper, and you're going to be helping clients, your own current clients and other clients that are out there uh, struggling because their own accountants decided not to read all the legislation not to get deeper into it. It's a huge opportunity. There's 5.2 million loans that were issued in the entire country, which is 500 billion or over $500 billion, which gives it an, an average loan size of about 100,000. So let's say it's about uh, 90,000, 100,000. There's, there's been some talks that, and there's been some rumors, let's call it that, rumors, that the government wants to automatically forgive loans uh, up to 150000 which would be very nice for the small business community. Not so good for the accountants that prepared for this moment, per se. But at the same time, you know, we, we, we're here to, to improve the economy, cause real impact, and help our clients out. So if there is such a thing, an automatic forgiveness for loans under 150000 you're probably going to automatically forgive a good chunk of 75, 80% of the loans, and then only the loans over 150,000 are the ones that are going to go through this entire uh, forgiveness process. Matthew is going to briefly talk about the, the easy form, which is almost, in my opinion, uh, almost like an, uh, an automatic forgiveness because the form is like super drop dead easy to do. Uh, and then we have the one that's not the 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 the, the, so the the is so easy one, which is like a really long form, which actually takes more time than preparing a tax return. 
a corporate tax return in my experience. There's just a lot of moving parts. Now, of course, you know, as expected, the largest banks had the largest loans. So you got JP Morgan, Bank of America, PNC, uh, Choice, which I think is SunTrust that got merged with some company. I, I don't remember what it is. Wells Fargo, TD Bank. So all the brand names have over 1% of the loans, right? So you see uh, tons of loans from those companies. So obviously, I would suggest that if you are going to learn how to do uh, a loan forgiveness, that you focus on the ones that has had the most loans. So, J, so JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, US Bank, and Cross River Bank, they all have 200, well, 100,000 plus loans that they give out. That's probably where the opportunity is. It's on the banks that did the most. The reason why it matters, the bank, is because every bank will have a different forgiveness process, uh, just like they had a different application process. Some of the smaller banks are probably just going to accept the regular PDF form and that's it, you know, and that, that would be good enough. But I suspect, um, especially because Chase, Bank of America, PNC, Wells Fargo, all these big ones, I have not seen the actual portal open up or the, or the process. So I assume that every single one of them will have a digital portal process for this because processing 100,000 paper applications is going to be a complete nightmare. So they are going to, in my opinion, and what I foresee is that all the major banks, the ones that have over 100,000 loans out there will only do this through a digital uh, process so they can have the data being captured uh, digitally from the from the client. Matthew, I'll let you pass the, the slides. Um, so the really important piece about this, and I don't want to get too wonky about the dates because that, that stuff is, just gets too detailed. We'll, 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 maybe we'll have some time in the Q&A, is that there's all sorts of date ranges that you have to keep track of. The main most important date range is when you got the money, Right when you got the money, that's probably the most important one. You gotta know what, what, what that date, and, and then either an eight-week period or a twenty-four-week period after that. Uh, in my opinion, I wouldn't even consider the eight-week period. Uh, it's it's already passed for most people uh, anyway, um, unless somehow it fits and it works with the eight-week period. But I think you want to take advantage of the twenty-four-week period, which is uh, which was extended in a legislation that was passed on June. Fifth, um, the other date ranges that you, that you need to know is you need to know uh, the, the what, we, what they call the baseline date ranges, which is going to be February fifteenth to June thirtieth of the previous year, or January first through February twenty uh, ninth of the current year. And the reason why they, there's two, those two options is because if you've been in business for less than a year they wanted to use the first two months as the baseline period to, to calculate how many employees you had. If you've been in business for more than a year, then they want, they want to take the exact same uh, date range for the covered period of the uh, PPP loan, which was designed to help businesses between the February 15th date to June 30th, because everybody in the government assumed that the pandemic would be over by June 30th, okay? So anyway, um, uh, there's also a, an option for seasonal, and, um, and that's it. There's another tricky one. If you go back a slide, Matthew, there's another tri tricky one, which is January 1st through March 31st, which is to calculate the hourly uh, or the average salary wage. So bottom line, there's two reference points you need to know. One is how many full-time equivalent employees you had uh, prior to the pandemic, how many full-time employees you had 
at the closing of the 24-week or eight-week period of the pandemic to make sure you didn't have a reduction. So in other words, the government said, I'll give you money, but you better not send people to the unemployment line, okay? Because that hurts politics, right? So, uh, so that's a really important point. So that's what they want to see. Did you, do you have the, the same full-time equivalent? Now, full-time equivalent, it's a whole formula. We're not going to get into that. But bottom line, if you have employees that work 40 hours a week, those are going to be full-time. If you've got employees that work 20 hours a week, those are going to be part-time and those are going to be, be worth half a full-time. And there's all sorts of uh, you know, special formulations to, to get the, you know, 2.6 employees type of, type of numbers. The other important reference number that you need to know is what is the hourly wage in average of every employee or the salary wage of average of every employee during the first three months of the year. So if you did not have a reduction in total number of employees and you did not have a reduction in total uh, salaries and wages, then you will not have a reduction to your forgiveness. That's the, that's the concept in general. So if you did have either a full-time equivalent reduction or an, or an average salary, average hourly rate reduction, then there's going to be a factor that's going to reduce the, the, the forgiveness. For, um, for FTE, there's sort of a one-to-one -one relationship. So if you had 10 employees and now you have nine, you, you will only have 90% of that amount uh, covered. Uh, whereas with a, with a wage reduction, you can have up to a 25% wage reduction and it not affect you. So if you were paying somebody the average of, let's say, uh, the average of 100, uh, whatever it is, like hourly or annually, whatever. So the average of 100, and now you're paying them an average of 75, that will not reduce your forgiveness. So it's everything above that to over 25% reduction. So that's a quick, in, quick introduction to that. You really need like a three hour webinar to like understand this whole thing, but this is a, a, a overall. You wanna pass the next slide, um, Matthew? And uh, okay, so we're gonna, I think we're gonna uh, uh, jump over to Matthew. Matthew's gonna share uh, uh, his screen and we're gonna talk about sort of step one, which is recording the loan in the books in the first place. Matthew, before you do that, Dan, there's a couple comments that people can get the slides, can download the slides. Can you make sure that people have the right link for this? Cause, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to give it to them uh, individually um, and, and posting that, um, that in there. But we do have a folder for 2020 and then you just need to find the QuickBooks and the PPP uh, all within that. But you should be able to, to see it there. We just uploaded it earlier and it'll be sent out after as well. So, um, and we'll post it in the, in the Facebook group as well. So make sure that people get access to this uh, good, so what, good information. And while Matthew switches over to the QuickBooks online, I ran the second polling question so we can take advantage of that time. Um, so Matthew, uh, is, you got the floor. Awesome. Um, so just, uh, Dan, just like the PPP, we were making changes to this just up to the very last minute to make sure we had the most up-to-date information. So thank you, everybody. We'll make sure, of course, those slides get out to everybody as well. Um, so what we're looking at at the moment is we want to make sure that people could kind of uh, pick, figure out how to pull out certain aspects of the, the funds when it's coming through like a bank feed. Um, now, the stuff I'm going to be showing you is going to be specifically with QuickBooks Online, and then Hector will kind of jump over and talk about more of the desktop type items. What we did here, as you can see, if you look at the, the, the memo line itself, 
when you're looking at the Matthew, sorry, if I, yeah, there's there's uh, there's still a polling up, and some people when they when they oh. see when they see the polling, they can't see the screen. So maybe you'll give it give it a second. Maybe you you can speak more background, but let's just uh, or, or Dan, you think it's a good time to end the poll or? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we we got enough okay uh, enough sorry. answers there. Sorry, Matthew. No problem. So <clears throat> now we now we can see your screen. Right. Thank you. So again, taking a look at the screen, you'll notice uh, we have the different types of transactions showing up just to try to give you an idea of what transaction or what memo you'd be looking for if you have clients that already received the money, but you were not ready to track it quite yet. Um, what you would notice is anything that's for the EID, I'm sorry, the EIL advance, EIDL advance, you'll notice it says EIDG inside of the memo itself. Of course, you should obviously be able to tell as well because the amount, this is the one where it was the advance money of up to a maximum of $10,000, whereas $1,000 per employee. Then if you also received an EIDL loan, that would be a larger amount. You would see that it says the S, uh, SBAD treasury here, where the PPP, that uh, when those came through, they usually said either small business or SBA specifically in the memo description. And when we would capture these, we'll jump over to QuickBooks Online here in a moment, we, we created new liability accounts, uh, long-term liability accounts to pull the money into. Now, at Parkway, we also instructed, this wasn't necessary for everybody to do, but we instructed all of our clients to take that money and put it into a separate account. That could be just as simple as um, uh, moving information over to like a savings account itself uh, that they're not normally using, of course. Um, and then from there, let me actually go back here. We'll jump over to QuickBooks Online and I can show you exactly what we were talking about. We need to set up a couple of accounts to, to do this correctly. So jumping into our chart of accounts, as I like to always let everybody know, this is a fake company file. The data that's inside here may not uh, make complete sense all the way through. It's because it's a fake company file, but don't worry, there's nothing private to be seen. So inside of our chart of accounts, we needed to set up a couple additional long-term liability accounts. We set one up for an EIDL loan as well as one for a PPP loan. And the setup for this, of course, we need to be able to track the advance against the PPP loan amounts. This gives us the ability, we can track until we know for sure what's gonna happen with loan forgiveness, um, whether or not we need to, what portion is gonna be uh, uh, forgiven, reduced or not, basically. The other thing that we did was we set up as we said, into a separate account, and then we did a PPP clearing account. Now, the reason we did this aspect of it is we wanted the ability to, to do transfers from the separate account over to the primary account. So you didn't have to interrupt your payroll processing, you didn't have to interrupt any of your electronic payments of any sort, but you were able to actually spend down the money from it and then utilize a bank statement as a secondary backup through all of this information. From here, again, we did basic, I should show that for the wages being the most important part, we just did single transfers for the total wage amount. But what really becomes important here is now which reports do we need to be running to be able to track the payroll, all these different expenses. So when it comes time for loan forgiveness and calculating all the stuff, it becomes a little bit easier. The ones that we've used to do this is my, my personal favorite one, it's the payroll summary by employee report. Now, the payroll summary by employee, the reason I like this specific uh, report, 
is it provides us the ability to really break down the information we need either for the entire company by week or um, to look at it from, um, excuse me, or to look at it by each employee per week or, or as well separate out the wages as well as the, um, the state taxes. So the payroll portion of this that is necessary that you can, I'm sorry, that you can claim happens to be the gross wages, um, any of the medical expenses that are going to go into it. Um, uh, excuse me, Hector, it's, <laughs> help me out here. The fringe is what we're, I'm trying to say, correct? Yes, fringe benefits. Um, and let me pull up where my QuickBooks went to. There we go. Uh, going to my reports Matthew, here. Yes. Matthew, when you're in QuickBooks, can you make that bigger? You bet. We have a lot of us that are accountants and bookkeepers and can't see that small little font. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So the one I'm talking about, and this is, of course, because we are using QuickBooks online payroll as well, which makes it much easier to grab and pull this information in. If you come all the way to the very bottom, and you come into this payroll summary by employee. Again, this is my favorite one of the most powerful ones for tracking the PPP because of the way you can segment this information. Once this pulls up, you're gonna see, we would basically come into here and set up our custom dating based off of the covered period that we had. So in this one, we'll say it was 621 to 817. And then I would set it for all employees. And we can then choose whether we want to display columns by employee or by week as well. So this would give us, if we do it weekly, get in our times here as well, hours, and run this. Now we can see the total amount with the total hours worked. So, um, and if, again, if we break it up by employee instead of it doing a bunch of all the employees together, you can use the same type of report to see if the total number of hours per employee dropped down at all or not, and if the wages are, are very close to the same. The same report can be used to do the look back period when you're calculating what your initial FTE count would be as well. Through here, you see your listing of all your different wage types, and then you also have, of course, the employer portion of the state taxes, only the state taxes employer portion. So it gives a nice layout. I'll show you if we do it to just one employee here. And same date-wise, hit the run. And it, it's important to note that this is these reports are only when you're using QBO payroll embedded inside of QuickBooks Online. Uh, if you're using some outside service or something that's not in QBO directly, these reports aren't going to help you because they won't even be there, right? Correct. So you would, you would have to actually go to that service provider to grab those details. Um, of course, what you can do still is you would then be able to use the reporting from the, uh, the PPP clearing account to reference against like a P&L report, which we're going to show you shortly, uh, that you've captured all the wages. So you would double check against that. Awesome. Um, so as you can see here, if we've got it broken out by week now, you would then have across each of these different weeks, the hours would be displayed also. So that super, super important, very helpful, of course, as we go forward here. So again, the payroll summary, which is some of the details we were just talking about, uh, we give you some of the, what you need to shrink it down by. So when you download this information, you'll be able to use it to, to create the reports you need, of course. 
Another report that we use through this process, of course, is going to be a tax liability report. Now, the reason we do this has to do with you want to be able to make sure that you can grab and double check. It's basically a safety check of just the state taxes. And the reason I go to this extra step is when you have money being pulled out of your primary account, usually for payroll and taxes, it's all clumped together. So you need to know just the total amount you should be doing a transfer that's allowed to be um, expensed through the PPP. And looks like we've got our poll question number three at this time. Okay. And Dan, well, or I'm sorry, Matthew, while we're doing this um, poll question, people are asking, what if you have 1099 subcontractors? You know, how does that figure in as employees? Could you address that for us? Yeah, they, um, they don't. So subcontractors are not considered part of the, the payroll and you cannot use any funds paid towards them as part of the PPP funds. So, and the, the reason for that is intended that they would actually submit for their own PPP loan. So subcontractors are not considered part of uh, payroll. Thank you. I, I, I was seeing that. I was Googling it as you all were talking and stuff. Um, okay, thank you. Absolutely. It's a very, very common question because it was really confusing at the beginning with the submission process itself. One more quick one here. Karen says, my lenders are telling me to wait to fill out the forgiveness forms. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but um, I, I, Hector, I believe we both are in agreement on that, that yes, we would wait at this time because we don't know we don't know what's coming like if they end up doing this blanket loan forgiveness well if you submit early that would be you may lose that on that side of it now i will say the one thing we didn't talk about is even with the 24-week covered period the date that you submit your loan forgiveness application that is one of the dates it's very important for your fte account so what we should all be asking is we need we need all the lenders in the banks there needs to be a date that everybody has to have their portals up by i personally believe so that way we, we can choose if we want to submit early. Yeah, my, my general answer to that is if your bank has the portal available to do it digitally and you qualify for 100% forgiveness, then there should be no reason why not do it now, right? Because you, you, you have nothing to lose, right? But if you do the application now and somehow you have to pay money back and maybe you're crossing your finger that some, some sort of... Uh, uh, automatic forgiveness happens and then I would suggest you wait of course uh, but but I wouldn't hang I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't depend on that because you, you that's something that you can't control and also you, you can sit there and fill out the PDF form all you want but if the banks are not accepting it or processing it what's the point right so I wouldn't like spend a couple hours filling out the paper application to then turn out that the bank doesn't accept paper application that it requires a a you know, digital entry into the portal, which happened to us during the loan application process. People were filling out the paper form, they were all ready, and they went to the bank and they say, oh, no, 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 you got to transcribe the whole thing into the portal, mm -hmm. fill out the spreadsheet, whatever. So, I, so the answer is, if you can get 100% forgiveness through the exercise now, and the bank is ready to accept it, do it. Otherwise, you're probably wasting your time. So, and that's the easy form. We'll kind of talk, touch base on that here pretty quick as well. All right. Real quick on the, uh, the sharing of the poll results, uh, about 86% um, uh, 86% uh, no. Uh, nobody has uh, done the, uh, the loan forgiveness yet. 
And uh, in the prior one, I don't know that I didn't get to uh, uh, share those results, but uh, the, the, the most common answer for the most confusing part is the full-time equivalent uh, calculations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. all of us, I would say, definitely. Yeah, that's for sure. From the experts, uh, you, you concur. <laughs> I concur, Absolutely. yeah. So, and as Hector was just talking about, if the 3508EZ form, that is something that is, the SBA is made available to be filled out right now and can be submitted through the SBA itself. Um, the other ones are not available yet. Like there, there's, I'm sorry, there's only maybe a handful of smaller banks that we've seen that might be accepting uh, the app, the loan forgiveness applications at this time. Uh, either way though, even if you're filling in this 3508 form, you still want to go through the exercise when this is all said and done, get everything prepped. So you have a whole packet, be audit proof, make sure you've done all your, your homework that you need to do um, the hardest way possible, have that stuff saved aside because they can come back and audit this for up to seven years. There's no guarantee that however forgiveness happens, they can still come back and, and, go through the books for it all, basically. Um, so there were a couple more uh, report-wise that we wanted to show actually inside of QuickBooks. So let me pull that up before we jump too far into the easy form itself. And the most important one actually is, it's how we capture the stuff, all the transactions and the money that went out basically. So we created a custom report for this that it's basically, it's a profit and loss detailed report that's been shrunk down. Um, let's see if I can make this for everything you've seen. Uh, you're, just, you're shrinking it down to just the, the accounts that you'd specifically want to see, and then you would customize the dating specific to your covered period that you've chosen. Um, so through here, as we don't have the full collapse capability on this yet, now we can see through the setup that we basically have the accounts we need so we can track our rent from it, uh, we can see any of the employer paid payroll taxes. And this here, this, unless you go in and set up specifically uh, the payroll to track to different expense accounts, you would, that's why you need to pull up that other tax liability report is to break this out and get the part you actually need because this would be overstated for you. Uh, you have your wages, of course, and then the utilities that uh, would be available for your business. And all of this information that's on this report this is what's gonna be coming back over uh, to the actually use on the PPP 3508EZ form. And Lisa, I'll actually um, be sure to save this to the new community where we can share different reports. I'll uh, save it into that community so people can try to use that. Um, so as you can see the information on here, again, payroll costs, just as you saw, uh, this, this is a very simple form and this is really best used for the sole proprietors, independent contractors, without any employees who are basically, they're most likely to be eligible to submit, uh, excuse me, the people that really had zero changes whatsoever, those are the ones that are gonna be the most likely to use this form. The moment you start having any variances of, of employees, like if you brought, you laid people off, you brought people back or some of them back and this and that, you're, you're gonna be kicked out of using that 3508 easy form pretty quickly at that point. Um, let's see here. And believe, you can think of it in, 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 in tax purposes, you know, uh, filling out a, a 1040 easy for income tax purposes is real simple, yeah. <laughs> as the name implies. Um, same things for, for, um, for, the, for this form as well. Uh, if you didn't have any one-off types of situations, 
yeah, the, the easy form will, will probably work for you. If not, uh, if you have a, but I, if you, if you can start a sentence with, I had an employee who, <laughs> uh, probably not, uh, easy for you. <laughs> you know, there's, especially because we had this whole second wave come through with COVID, it really helped complicate a lot of this because we went from having, you know, everybody thought something was going to last like two months to all of a sudden it got extended and we had most of our people, they were able to keep everybody on through the whole eight week period. And then when they circle back around, uh, we've had a good portion of them have uh, employees that got sick and had to go out and come back in. So um, they've had to lay some people off. All of those ones will be waiting. They have to wait basically to use the, the, the larger form. Now, Hector, you were going to kind of talk to us also about the QuickBooks desktop reports and the stuff that you'd be using there, right? Yep. Yeah. Let's, uh, should we run a third polling question while I switch the screen? Yeah, we already did the, the third one. Oh, okay. Yes, right, we already. So, <laughs> so give me, I'm going to share my screen, okay? And while he's sharing his screen and stuff, I just want to tell people, you all have lots of really great, really specific questions in here. And unfortunately, Dan and I aren't the experts, so we can't answer 99% of these questions. Um, and Matt and Hector have so much information to give us. We're probably not going to be able to get into all these very specific questions, but we can continue the conversation in the QB commun Live community Facebook group or the QB Power Hour Facebook group or Power Users group. So we can continue the discussion out there we will get to some at the end if we can um, but I just want Hector and Matthew to have time to share their great expertise okay so I'm in a I'm in a thank you Michelle I'm in a QuickBooks desktop now and I'm gonna show you a couple of really important sort of like little caveats and this is going to be whether you're using QuickBooks desktop or not so first of all uh, health insurance we didn't cover this in detail health insurance the owner's health insurance is typically not going to be covered under the PPP forgiveness as the fringe benefits um, so you want to make sure that if you are paying health insurance out of the company that contains both employee health insurance and an owner's health insurance you might want to do a split uh, like this like I'm showing here on the screen so you want to take the extra time to do this which you you probably should do this anyway uh, for the purposes of um, of uh, of taxes right because for taxes this matters too and this is only particular for single member LLCs S corporations and partnerships if you're a C corporation this rule doesn't apply either in the tax world or even in the in the in the PPP world so again if you are paying health insurance you want to make sure that your health insurance bills that you're paying, that you're splitting the portion that's employees from the portion that is uh, owners. The other piece that's really important for the purposes of uh, PPP as well is if you have, if you're paying a health insurance bill, sometimes employees pay a portion of that health insurance out of their paychecks. So the only portion that has to do with health insurance that you can add to this is the employer paid portion. So you must also break down the employer uh, paid portion uh, from or, or remove it from the employee, the employee paid portion, because again, that's the only part that's technically deductible on the business side. And it will only be the part that can be used on a PPP type of application. All right. So that being said, um, what, how do we track our PPP uh, funds? So 
as Matthew explained, we're going to create a long-term uh, uh, liability account for the PPP loan uh, for uh, for the funding that comes in. Okay, for most people, this will be a two-year loan, one percent two-year loan, and from and from uh, other people, it might be a five-year loan, depending on when you got the 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 funding. If you receive EIDL funds, and I don't know if uh, Matthew went over this in the balance sheet specifically, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up a balance sheet here and show you. So I'm, let's say for example that we got both EIDL funds, EIDL advance, and PPP. Let's say we got all three, and I think it's important to separate the three because they're just significantly different types of loans, and some of them or one of them affects your your PPP. So for example, let's say on April 1st. 2020, we received a EIDL advance. So this is the, the up to $10,000 loan advance that you receive from the, from the SBA. And this uh, is 100% forgivable. It's a grant for the lack of a better term. However, if you got PPP, this affects the total forgiveness. So you wanna make sure that you know that you're aware of that when you enter that. So let's say, for example, in this particular company, we got $3,000 of the EIDL advance that I did put it as a, as a loan for now, even though it's a grant, I put it as a loan for now just so I can track this uh, easily. So we got, let's say the 300,000, uh, sorry, the $3,000, $1,000 per employee. Good, we covered that. Let's say, for example, on May 1st, let's go on May 1st. Okay, we got the, uh, the SBA, the SBA EIDL loan, EIDL loan. This is a 30-year loan with a 3.5% uh, interest rate, right? So I'm just kind of creating the vendor using the same terminology I was going to use, uh, although most people would just call the vendor uh, SBA and that's it. But I'm just putting the whole thing there, make it a little bit easier to kind of visually see. So we're also, we're going to make this one a long-term liability. And let's say that we received... Uh, a $75,000 loan. The maximum for this was 150. This loan is a regular loan. There will be no payments in the first 12 months. And then when you start paying them 12 months later, you will amortize it part to principal, part to interest. The SBA EIDL regular 30-year loan is not forgivable. There's nothing that leads me to believe that it will be somehow forgivable. I don't think anybody's going to be able to uh, wave a magic wand and make this forgivable, but who knows? I mean, politics are crazy nowadays. They might, you know, so some candidate might promise it in order to get elected, who knows? But right now, I, I, these 30 year loans will be 30 year loans. I don't think that's gonna change uh, period. So notice I have uh, my, my long-term liability, uh, 30 year loan at, uh, for 75,000. And then I have my, uh, my current liability, EIDL advance for 3,000. You can make that a long-term if you want to, but I'm making it a current because I'm making the assumption that I'm gonna resolve this within, within 12 months, within the PPP period. So I got both EIDL uh, loans in there. The last one what I would put here would be the, in this case, it would be the PPP loan. So let's say I got this from Bank of America. Remember that PPP loans were not issued by the government, were issued by actual banks um, and, um, and they're gonna they're guaranteed by the government or they will be uh, forgiven by the government. So with the PPP loan here, and let's say we got funding for the PPP loan, which I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a long-term liability because that's either a two-year or a five-year loan for sure. And let's say I got funding on June 
first. Okay, and let's say we got $56,435. Okay, so that's the actual money that came into the bank from the PPP fund. So that's very simple explanation. This is just recording the loans period. Now let's make the assumption, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast forward a couple steps here. Let's make the assumption that you did the PPP forgiveness application and they only forgave, they only forgave $53,000 of that loan, right? So they only, for whatever reason, you did a calculation and they only forgave $53,000 of the loans. So even though it's a $56,000 loans, they only forgave $53,000 of that loan. So the way you would make that entry is you, I would just do a journal entry that, that would probably be the easiest thing to do. So we're gonna go into uh, make journal entry. And then let's say, for example, they forgave it today, 9.15, that they were recording this. And the way this entry will work is like this. So we're gonna take the PPPP loan and we're gonna re uh, reduce it by debiting it by 53,000. Let's also assume that because you had the EIDL loan, the total forgiveness was 53,000, but also the SBA took the advancing consideration, reduced it from the forgiveness, okay? And, um, and, and the total amount that was funded, the total amount that went to Bank of America for your loan was actually 50,000, okay? So you got the $53,000 loan forgiveness in this case, and then we're gonna transfer from the EIDL advance, we're gonna transfer the 3,000 and send it back to the Bank of America PPP loan, all right? So we got, so they forgave 53,000, which is your first entry. Then the EIDL basically goes away and it gets transferred to the PPP loan uh, liability, right? So the PPP, so the actual PPP loan in this case will go back up by, by 3,000, okay? The reason for that is because in the loan application itself, you don't enter the EIDL advance. You're gonna enter all the moving parts except for the advance. Then the SBA on the back end will reduce the advance, okay? The other piece that we have to enter here is the actual um, PPP forgiveness in this case. And we're gonna create an other income account called PPP forgiveness, okay? And this is technically not taxable income. There's all, all sorts of strange calculations that actually makes this truly taxable income, but it's technically not taxable income. So it needs to be a separate entry altogether. So we're gonna create the other income account of PPP forgiveness, okay? Which is gonna be in this case, 53,000, right? Because that's, that's what they forgave through the, 53, uh, through the PPP program. And then we're gonna have, um, and, and, and that's it. And that basically that's, that's, that's the final entry, okay? So we reduce our PPP loan by 53,000, uh, but we have to increase it. We have to increase it again because we're going to end up paying fifty thousand, right? Um, and then, uh, and then the EIDL advance in this case. Uh, actually, we're going to pay the difference uh, between the fifty-six thousand we received and the net fifty thousand that they did. And then the EIDL advance is no longer a loan at this point, and this is the amount that goes as a PPP forgiveness. If you want to get fancy here, you can. You can do. Uh, you, know, you can. You can write up that this is EIDL advance and PPP loan net forgiven or something like that. If you wanted to, um, if you wanted to kind of notate that there was a combination of that. All right, so then I'm gonna go back into my, uh, 
into my uh, balance sheet, and then the, the remaining amount for, 53, for the PPP loan should be $6,000. Why? Because, again, they forgave $53,000, which you only give you a balance of $3,000, but then they backed it out when they went to pay the loan for the $3,000. And this will explain things uh, a little bit better if you want to. You, you could have saved an entry and just com you know, completely just put $50,000 you know, 50, instead. Instead of doing the double entry, you could have done that too. But I'm trying to illustrate uh, kind of like the mechanics of how this will work once the forgiveness um, uh, happens. All right. And then you don't touch the EIDL advance. So at this point, I, I still owe $6,000 to Bank of America. When, uh, whenever the, the six-month interest-free period or, uh, or in this case, the extension up to the point where we request the forgiveness, which is 24 weeks after the, the original funding, uh, when any of those expire, then the bank will start charging interest and start requ uh, requiring you to make payment. For, for most loans before June 30th, this is a two-year loan, and you have to pay this back in two years, $6,000. For loans issued after June 5th, then you will have five years uh, to pay this back, five years minus the six months that passed already, whatever. Okay, there, there are some questions about, hey, what happens to the old loans? Do they automatically move to a five-year loan? They don't. You literally would have to request the bank to refinance that loan. And I'm assuming the banks will do it. They'll respect the, the wishes of, of Congress when they did the PPP Flexibility Act. But I, I don't have a clear answer for you because I haven't literally requested a bank to move a two-year loan to a five-year loan yet. So that information, in my opinion, is still sort of uh, tossed into the air. Okay, so that was fast forwarding to kind of let you know the mechanics of how that entry will come about when the forgiveness happens. Now, when, we, when it comes to filling out the actual application, okay, I'm gonna pull it up here. Let's do a 3508 form, okay? And then we'll pull out the 3508 form real quick, okay? And depending on your situation, you might have to uh, fill out a, a, this actual form and give it to the bank, or there's going to be a digital version of this form in a portal, okay? The information that they're going to ask you is total payroll costs, okay? This is line one, total payroll costs. So total payroll costs in QuickBooks Desktop is going to be pulled in two ways. One, you, you could start with the default report that Intuit created for you. That might work. Okay, so we're gonna go into reports and then click on cash compensation. That's a built-in report that QuickBooks desktop uh, created for you. So I thank you Intuit for creating a great report that only works part for part of the way, but at least it's, it's something, okay? Because this doesn't include uh, all the fringe benefits. This doesn't include uh, payroll, state paid payroll taxes. It doesn't include health insurance. It doesn't include pension. This only includes the payroll portion. We're gonna pick the disbursement date. So let's say we got we got the loan on June 1st, 2020. And then we're gonna pick a 24 week period. So that would be uh, November 15th, kind of the, the day that we have for the 24 weeks to pass. And then QuickBooks will tell you, all right, so the cash compensation, which is wages, bonuses, uh, vacation pay, anything that's a wage per se, a taxable, wage, that's going to be calculated in here. Um, and then there's going to be a cap. So all employees are capped to, they're capped to 24 divided by 52 multiplied times 100,000, 
which is 46,154. So no matter what you pay your employees, the maximum amount that you can take is what you actually paid your employees during the 24 weeks or 46,154. Now there's a challenge here. This report does not uh, think about or does not consider which of these are owner employees. So if you're dealing with a partnership, single member LLC, S Corp, whatever. And for the most part on single member LLCs and partnerships, you're not really gonna have employees on payroll, but if you happen to have, uh, or at least owner employees on payroll, but if you happen to have them, this report does not consider that. So you need to manually know, you need to manually know if any of these are uh, owners, I need to know that the cap for them is 20,833. So whatever number it says as a total cash compensation, owner employees are capped at 20,833, where regular employees are capped at 46,000. So that's a manual kind of process that you have to make um, uh, on your own. Now there's a couple of really interesting things here, like if you actually expand cash compensation, you get all the actual paychecks. So if you wanted to kind of see uh, how these numbers were calculated, you can see paycheck by paycheck during the 24 week period, how much compensation there is. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, so it does have some partial value. And then the prorated task, uh, the prorated uh, compensation is whenever you have a pay cycle that doesn't land within that, uh, that period, and it's going to calculate uh, that stuff as well. Because remember, you can do both paid wages and also incurred wages as long as it's paid within the next following a cycle but that's only for weekly and bi-weekly employees not for monthly or semi-monthly employees which i think this quickbooks file is set up for monthly or semi-monthly i don't remember what the configuration was anyway so that's it and then there's an export button to export to excel or csv which is going to be crucial for like certain uh banks that's gonna they're gonna actually ask you to break down those payments and then you can also print that as well so cash compensation it's a great report however it's not everything, right? Now, if you're not using QuickBooks desktop payroll, if you're using ADP, if you're using uh, Paychex, Gusto, whatever, um, you're, gonna, you're gonna run into similar circumstances. I don't think these payroll companies have an entry for you to putting owner employee and creating these caps and these maximums for you. So that's something you're gonna have to consider uh, on your own, right? The other piece is, what about the rest of the expenses? So just like Matthew was showing, what I would do is I just run a regular P&L. We do the date range here, which is June 1st, 2020, through the 24 weeks, which is 11, 15, 2020. And then I just filter and only show the accounts that I care about. So I'm gonna go to Customize Report. I'm gonna go to Filter. Then I'm gonna go into Account. Click on the drop-down menu click on multiple accounts and then search them here. So one of them is gonna be uh, tax, which is gonna be, in this case, uh, payroll taxes. However, payroll taxes are gonna be a little bit tricky. Let me see if I have SUTA here. Oh, I do have SUTA, which is perfect. So it's a state, company paid state payroll tax, the only one that you can use. So there's my uh, SUTA, let me go back into the search here. The other one is gonna be health insurance. So notice I have a health insurance employees, and an owner's health insurance. So in this case, I'm gonna completely ignore owner's health insurance because uh, owner's health insurance is not included in the forgiveness. And the next one would be like a pension or 401k. I don't think I have either one on this company file. Then we're gonna have rent. 
and we should include interest as well, although not all the interest is included, only uh, loan interest for a mortgage would be included. So we'll explore that because every, obviously every customer, every file would be different. And then utilities, utilities, perfect. So all the utilities, good. And then I click on okay. So basically what I want is it's a P&L for that day range that only shows me my health insurance for the employees, my interest expense for loans, assuming it's a mortgage for the real estate property, then the payroll expenses, which will be the payroll taxes and the SUTA. So in these payroll taxes are all federal, I believe. Yeah, these are all federal. So I'm gonna remove this one from the filter. So not regular payroll taxes, only SUTA, which this company file doesn't have. Let me see, taxes. Yeah, let me remove payroll taxes because in this particular case, uh, that wouldn't be included. SUTA, perfect, and utility. So this would be all your other expenses other than payroll cost. Now, so we're gonna take the report that Matthew showed you in the QBO world, uh, the equivalent in the QuickBooks desktop world would be reports, employees and payroll, uh, payroll summary, I believe is the one, payroll summary. And Matthew, I think you're gonna comment something. So while I do this, I'll, I'll take in your comment. Uh, I was just gonna mention when you were talking about the, the interest expense, that's gonna be on any, uh, the interest is only on anything that was set up prior to February 15th. Right, a, a, a mortgage, a mortgage for a real estate property in lieu of rent, right? If you're a mortgage owner and not a renter, uh, that, that the contract was placed in place or the loan was existed prior to February 15th. So here's a payroll summary report, which would have the equivalent information that Matthew talked about. Here's the date range. We're gonna have our total gross pay, which is the same thing that's gonna show up on the, on the cash compensation. We're gonna have it for every single employee, okay? In here, we can also draw out any, uh, any like California employee training tax or California unemployment tax like SUTA, that stuff we can pull out of here, okay? Uh, any health insurance that the employees paid for out of pocket, those would not be, like, we, we wouldn't even look at that number. It's only health insurance expense paid by the, by the employer that counts. And here you have information like the hours because you're gonna need the hours for FTE, for the FTE. Uh, calculation. So you got the payroll summary report in the QuickBooks desktop world that gives you all the data that you need. All you need is the date range. Understand and keep in mind the limits, right? It cannot be more than $100,000 a year, which in the 24-week period would be 46154 That's the cap, 20833 for employees, okay? And, uh, and then on, the, on this P&L report, uh, we got all the data that we need. So going back to the form, and we can't show you how to fill out this form because I did one for a client. I did, I've done like six already for, with small banks for clients, and each one has taken an average of three hours to do because I, the FT calculation requires me to build this, uh, what do they call it, BAS. You know what a BAS is? A big-ass spreadsheet, okay? <laughs> I got I to gotta build a big-ass spreadsheet that contains all the hours for all the employees for every week to figure out if there's an FTE reduction. So this we line lost one- lost our G rating, thanks. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't, yeah, we, we messed up the monetization for this video. Yeah, so the payroll cost, so the payroll cost would be the sum of um, the insurance paid by the employee, the employee insurance paid by the employer, the SUTA expense, assuming there's something there, and the, the total cash 
compensation report, including any limits, any limits that, uh, that would be uh, you know, for the owner employees. All right, so that would be the total uh, payroll cost that we actually plug in here. Then we have a business mortgage interest payment. So we go back into QuickBooks and we assume, let's assume that, oh, did my report go away? No, there it is. So assuming that this interest, loan interest is a mortgage, assuming this loan is a mortgage, um, then that's what we're going to put in here. Okay. Uh, then the business rent payment, that's going to be uh, here on the rent. Oh, I, I think I skipped out rent. Customized report, filters, that's true. Matthew, you didn't tell me. Not paying attention. <laughs> okay. Uh, rent. Oh, no, I did have rent. So maybe I didn't have any rent expense, it looks like. All right. It looks like there isn't a rent expense. Let's do it real quick so it looks pretty. So let's say June 1st, 2020, we paid the landlord. Okay. I misspelled that. I know I'm in a hurry. And then on the rent, I'll put uh, 20000 Okay. So, um, so yeah. So then, then whatever the total rent amount for that time period, that's what gets plugged in here in rent and then uh, the utilities get plugged in here, right? Now there's a worksheet uh, that, that needs to be included between each of these, right? So there's gonna be a worksheet for you to include every single rent payment, a worksheet for you to include every utility payment, a worksheet for you to include every mortgage payment, and then a really deep worksheet for payroll because you have to break out hourly employees from uh, wage-based employees and also owner employees. All three need to be broken out. And also there's a group that got paid over a hundred thousand and then the group that got paid under a hundred thousand. So tons of moving parts there. And we're not going to go over the FTE calculation because that requires, again, a big ass spreadsheet. And Matthew and I are going to cover that in a webinar coming up on October uh, 23rd. So Matthew, I'm going to give you, uh, actually, I'm going to, actually, no, yes. <laughs> I'm going to give you control of the screen so we can briefly plug our our webinar. You bet. And we will jump yeah. forward here. Sorry, real quick here. You just talked about all that stuff, and there we go. So twenty yeah. third, um, twenty third, yeah, I guess, is what you said, right? Yeah, not twenty six or yep, replace that yeah. six with three. We were trying <laughs> yeah. to decide the last minute. There's confusion there. So October twenty third, we'll be promoting it all over the place. Um, this is going to be a webinar that's going to actually be uh, uh, Jacob, Hector, and myself, all three of us. We're going to go through, we're each going to be bringing a different examples of the submission process. So taking, you know, actual numbers, running through them so people can get a better idea of exactly how to fill out these forms. Right. And, then, and, and how, if you're still, how long just, is that going to just be? Real, just real quick. If you're still logged in, stay for another five minutes, uh, Dan or Michelle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a real treat that I think is going to be useful. This is whether or not you attend the webinar. I'm going to give you a big secret on how you can make money with it in the PPP world, if, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to share my screen again after this last one is. And this will blow, if you haven't heard me talk about this, this will literally uh, blow your mind because the opportunity here is uh, huge. So I'm going to just... Hector, people yep. will always stay to hear what you have to say. People <laughs> love you. They, they've said great things about you and Matthew being here for us. So, yes, people love to hear you, Hector. So they're hanging out to hear what you have to say. Right. So I'm going to show you one really cool thing. I'm waiting for the last, um, for the last forgiveness here. I mean, for the last forgiveness. <laughs> uh, you can tell I've, I've been thinking, eating, sleeping, PPP for like six months. Um, yeah, so um, 
yeah, so as soon as, as, as soon as this polling question comes up, I'm going to show you kind of, a, I'm gonna, let's call this a life hack, okay? But it's just a really enormous opportunity to market yourself in this world. Like if you do learn how to do this and you do it for a couple of clients, the information that's available for you to market yourself, it's incredible. And I want to share that with you because uh, I think there's a huge opportunity. So Hector, one of them wanted to know if you mind sharing the average fee charged for PPP forgiveness. Can you yeah, get sure. Twenty five hundred. Okay. Yeah, twenty five hundred is the average. Great, thank you. Yeah, so uh, so it's like to to simplify this, simplify this, you can charge anywhere between one to two percent of the loan size. Typically, cap it on the loans on on the low side for like a thousand bucks. I wouldn't do anyone for under a thousand dollars. Honestly, it's just too much work, and I would probably cap the upside to like ten thousand. Like, if I got a two million dollar loan. I would cap it to 10,000. A $2 million loan with like 300 employees, it's going to be like a week worth of work. Okay. No. Um, yeah. It's just a lot of moving parts. Now, granted, if you have ADP as your payroll company, you will probably be able to pull reports super fast and it will be the difference between 10 hours of work and one hour of work. Right. But you can't change it now. If, if you, if you didn't have ADP already, there's nothing you can do. Right. So, <laughs> so you'll be lucky. If, so you can actually, modify your rate based on what payroll company they have. If they, if they got some ringy dinky payroll company, I would charge a lot more because you know it's going to be a fishing expedition. If they're using QuickBooks desktop payroll or QuickBooks online payroll, uh, it's sort of up in the air. Like I, QuickBooks desktop payroll is very powerful. There's a lot of reports I can pull. I feel very comfortable pulling the data in it. QuickBooks online, you know, it's, it's, it's more limited on the reports you can pull, but so far, based on what Matthew showed you and what I showed you, all the data is there. It's just, it's just taking the data and then retranscribing it into some workable uh, spreadsheet. Uh, anyway, so I'm sharing my screen showing another uh, BAS, which is 130 <laughs> gigabyte, oh, no, sorry, 130 megabyte file from Treasury. Now, I'm going to show you where I got this from. Mm. Uh, if you go into the Treasury website, home.treasury.gov, and you click where it says... Uh, learn more about the paycheck protection loans. There's a place here that says uh, loan program level data. So loan program level data. You click on that. And then in here somewhere, where are you? Okay, right here. It says to download all loans of 150,000 and above for all 56 states, click here. So once you click there, it takes you to this really strange kind of like Dropbox box.com looking website and then up here in the top there's a download button you want to click on that download button and then you're going to download this big csv file this is the csv file right here okay i did a i did a quick pivot table because it's just a lot to summarize this one file contains every single company name address industry and lender that received a ppp loan over 150,000. I think that this uh, whole spreadsheet has like a million loans or something like that, a million lines or something like that. It's, it's, it's a humongous spreadsheet. Make sure you open this in your best computer, right? Like you gotta get, you gotta get the best <laughs> computer in the house for this. And you can do some really cool things. Like I can filter and say, you know what? I'm gonna market myself to people that did loans only between 150 and 350 because that's my market remember and this is the, the easiest way to kind of like look at this 
the average person in America makes around $50,000, right? A $50,000 loan, it's the equivalent about of a $10,000 PPP loan, right? So a $50,000, sorry, a $50,000 employee will give you the equivalent or gave you the equivalent of about $10,000 PPP loan. So $150,000 PPP loan, it's around 15 employees. You can, you can just make that make that uh, determination there. Obviously, higher paid employees, you know, got about 20,000, right? Anybody that got paid 100,000 or more receive about 20,000 per employee. So that should give you an idea more or less of the employee size that you're gonna target. Now, they did not make public uh, companies that receive under 150,000, which leads us to believe that maybe there will be some sort of automatic quicker forgiveness process for them, or maybe maybe anybody that had less than 150 can just do an easy form, regardless of the situation. Who knows what legislation is going to come through? But what we know today is that we have a million businesses, their name, address, and industry code. We have this database available plus the lender. Now, the lender might not be a huge thing, but if you already know how to do it for Chase and Bank of America, all you need to do, honestly, is take that spreadsheet, create a pivot table. In this case, look, I'm only going to do loans of 150 to 350. I'm gonna, only going to choose, let's say, construction companies that are all, um, they all start with 23. So you do anything with 23, it's a construction company. So let's say that's my specialty. I want to focus on construction companies. I pick the state, okay? And boom, I got a, I got a pivot table that gives me all the loans that were issued for uh, per bank. Now, Matthew and I, on the sort of the bonus portion of the big webinar that we're going to have in October, Friday, October 23rd, we'll, on the bonus part, once we explain how to do the forgiveness, we'll go deep dive into marketing yourself because we obviously want you to get your money's worth if you, if you pay for you know, a three-hour webinar and learn this whole process is because you need to be able to get your money back with one, two, three loans. I mean, if you're charging anywhere between $500 to, to $3,000 for, for this, you can get your money's worth easily. But this is what I suggest that you should be uh, doing, okay? So what you should be doing is pulling up a list of businesses in your state if you want to, uh, or pulling up businesses that are for a specific industry, specific loan size, pick a niche, right? I think we talked about niches forever, right? But pick a niche, and that way when you type a letter, let me show you like this letter that I typed, that I have typed up. I already tested it by sending it to a couple of local small businesses. I sent out about a thousand and I got uh, six people respond and six people were given price quotes. Like I said, an average of about 2,500, three already paid me in full and said, yeah, yeah, whenever's ready, I, I want you to do it. I don't want nobody else to do it. So yeah, it, it did cost me like $700 to, to send out this mailer between printing out the letters, stuffing the envelopes and putting a, a stamp on it. Um, but hey, you know, you really only need like one or two to bite to do this. So this is what my letter said. It said, uh, work with us if you need PPP loan forgiveness. I put owner or manager of the company. I have that information. Obviously, I have the address. We have specialized on doing PPP loan forgiveness for construction and trade industries. It's really important that you personalize the letters. So people go, oh, my accountant can do loan forgiveness, but my accountant has never expressed, you know, uh, expertise on PPP loans for construction companies. This feels like this is totally for me. Now, because we know the loan sizes, we can say, 
four under 350, four under 2 million. So, so the, the, the letter would be really targeted. And then I say, look, if you need help doing this, just contact us. Please have this information handy. Loan size, date, total number of full-time employees, whatever. With this info, I can give you exact price, uh, for example. And I always give a price because even though the prices are custom per se, uh, you always need to, because I don't want someone to call and expect this is going to be a $100 service. Um, so I want to make sure that they sort of out of filter themselves. And that's probably why only six out of a thousand people called because they were maybe, they were maybe put off by, wow, 2,500 bucks. I mean, this is literally junk mail offering you a $2,500 uh, service, right? This is not an easy thing to get, but I've, I, a lot of these people, especially the ones I talked to, my first question is, why are you not doing this with your current accountant? And the answer is always, my current accountant doesn't know anything about PPP or they told me that they don't, that to talk to my bank. So by the way, if you can help someone that already has an accountant with PPP and the accountant was negligent, in my opinion, sorry accountants that decide to ignore this, were negligent and not at least knowing enough to guide your client through this process, sorry, that client's up for grabs. Okay, and, 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 and tell me, and, and the amount of value you deliver to a client by having them not pay the government back $250,000, right, is probably higher than all the possible tax savings that one accountant has done in 10 years worth of relationship. So the amount of value you can bring to the table is humongous. And I think it's a huge opportunity for the more modern forward-looking accountants that understand this PPP, take their time to do their, their, their research, to market themselves and snatch up uh, some new clients that you otherwise uh, wouldn't. So Hector, I wanted, yeah. That was an extremely valuable, valuable tip that you just shared with everybody. Can you show them again at the SBA website where they can okay. download that file that you just talked about? Yeah, so you go to home.treasury.gov and then you're gonna click where it says, click here to learn more about the Paycheck Protection Loan. You click on that. Okay, let me put that, I'll put the link. I put the link in the chat already. Okay, Perfect. there you go. Then you're Thank gonna you. go, go down here to it says SBA Protection Loan Program, SBA Protection Program Loan Level Data. Click on that, okay? And then uh, you're gonna click on where it says to download Paycheck Protection Programs of 150,000 and above for all 56 states click here. There's other stuff here like by state, but these by state are, are only stats. They don't give you actual company names. So there's nothing to market to. Now, I, I have not read anything from the SBA saying you're allowed to market to these people or you're not. Look, I get all sorts of junk mail in the mail and nobody ever asked me for permission about it. So I, I'm not going to bother asking for permission or think of the ethical uh, dilemma be, be behind this. I'll pay my 56 cents to the to the to the post office and help the post office in the process. <laughs> send a letter to local to local uh, business owners or maybe the ones within my state. So it feels like we are sort of connected in one way, shape, or form, and offer my services. If no one else is going to do it, if the bank is going to give them the runaround, if their current CPA just quite honestly decided not to get educated on this, uh, then that's an opportunity for me to uh, to pick up uh, new mm -hmm. clients. Be somewhat wise with it. Remind me sometime, Hector, to tell you the story of when we had some federal agents show up after I decided to do a marketing ploy off of the um, 2008 stipend checks that came out. Um, they didn't like well, it when we mailed stuff out. <laughs> so right, well, let, let's discuss that offline. Uh -oh. So you you wanna <laughs> Dan, you wanna share your screen so you can do your outros. Thank you guys, by the way. Thank you for 
staying extra for the Matt, Matthew and Hector, I can't tell you how valuable this has been. We've got a lot of good comments in there. A lot of people are very, very grateful for what you just shared there, Hector. It was definitely worth staying after for. So thank you both for staying and sharing your expertise. And I hope people can attend your October 23rd webinar there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, to to say thank you is just not enough for you guys uh, coming on today and, and the value that you guys bring to the accounting community uh, for this uh, is, is immeasurable. Um, so definitely, um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll be, we'll be, we'll be pro, uh, promoting your, your webinar uh, because that is going to be a great value for, for, for those that can fill that, that need. Um, you know, you fill the need just by sharing this information, but also uh, the need that that people can can bring to to clients that they don't even know. <laughs> um, you know, with with this service is is going to be uh, fantastic. So, you know, uh, join us again next uh, next time. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's new in QuickBooks Desktop twenty twenty one because that's uh, hot off the presses for for a lot of us. Um, and and uh, in our upcoming upcoming webinars as well, um, Michelle, you have any uh, uh, closing thoughts for us here? I'm, I know we're we're a little yeah, over. We're, we're way <laughs> over. So I just want to remind people that link at the bottom, QBTrainingEvents.com. There are webinars every single week going on down there at QBTrainingEvents.com, as well as a virtual conference every month. So check that out, and uh, hopefully we'll get back to live training sometime soon. Uh, but again, Matthew and Hector, thank you so much. That is, this has been wonderful. Dan, as always, thank you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.